Good morning. How about, how about this temperature? <laughs> Gives a whole new meaning to when you tell people to go to hell, right? <laughs> it's just a glimpse. Oh, no, we're not supposed to use that word. I'm sorry. Joseph Garlington says, a better word than that is heck, which is just 50 feet above hell. So, oh, here we go. Boy, I tell you what, we live in a crazy world, aren't we? Man, I tell you, there are some things going on in this world today that I never thought I'd see. The greatest thing I'm seeing today, and I'm out there, is there's a drastic deception coming to our culture. And, uh, and the problem is people are so swept up that they don't even realize. Uh, you know, the definition of deception or being deceived is you may have 99% truth, but 1% false, and that's enough to create a deception. So I want to speak to you this morning about the kingdom of God. Uh, I know that, and I, I, look, I travel a lot and I see a lot of things, and I know that the church is under duress. I know that what God has created and allowed to happen on this earth is to there to be a pause and a disruption. But the process of the disruption is not to destroy, but it's to transform. Whenever that God disrupts something, it's about bringing a transformation. When Jesus went into the temple and turned over the tables and disrupted what they were collecting, it was because he wanted to change the format. And so I think what's happened in our culture is there's a lot of confusion that's come into what this whole disruption has been about. Even the marketplace has changed. Things in the marketplace, uh, jobs, situations, work, everything has changed. I mean, just overnight. And the problem is I don't think we are really as equipped to understand what the change is. If you pay attention to the media, you're definitely not equipped. Because they will swing you and they will lie to you and they will seduce you and they will cajole you and you will think that you're doing the right thing, but in actual fact, you're so far from the truth. It's unbelievable. And so that's the funny thing that I'm sensing very strongly is that people are so impressed by actors that are put in position to say things to people and people believe it because they look good, they sound good, the advertisement is good, everything sounds great. This, and it goes so in line with what we believe and what we want to believe that before we know where we are, we are in trouble. So I, I feel him hard just to come and, and, and because of my gift and the grace on my life as a prophet, I like to bring things into perspective. All right? I like to bring clarity because that's what we do. We bring clarity to the circumstance. So if you've got your Bible with you, or your cell phone, or your tablet, or your iPad, or your beads, go with me to Matthew 6, verse 31 to 34. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? You know, I travel out in the marketplace, and I minister to marketplace people, and the thing I'm hearing in the marketplace is supply chain problems. Go to grocery stores and there's certain things you can't get on the shelves anymore. Oh, well, it's okay. I lived in Africa. There were things we never had on the shelves. So it didn't bother me. There's always roots out there and, and berries. 
Those haven't been altered by the FDA, so you can go and eat them. So <laughs> I'm really in a picky mood this morning, aren't I? <laughs> so don't worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Definitely don't drink the sodas. <laughs> yeah, it's like you can go and drink and poison and probably survive much better than drinking soda. What shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. Think about it. If you are concerned about all these sort of things, and you don't realize the fact that there's something much greater than pursuing these things, right? The pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Not the Coke, though. Don't need sodas. Dr. Peppers. <laughs> Somebody's going to rebuke me just now. <laughs> but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The scripture is very clear here is the pursuit of what we're pursuing could possibly be the wrong thing. But because we are so engaged in the, in the narrative and the rhetoric of the culture, we wouldn't even know that we are pursuing the wrong thing. And he's very clear here when he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So people say, what does that really mean? What does it mean to pursue his righteousness? I think the book of Galatians answered that. So if you go to Galatians 3, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you, before your very eyes Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit and now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it is really in vain? So again, I ask you, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? So Abraham believed God and was credited to him as righteousness. So I think the first step is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness is believing. What is it that you believe? You see, you can believe anything. You can believe a lie. You can believe a story they tell about somebody. You can believe anything. But is it the right thing? Is it going to bring you to a place of righteousness? Is it going to bring you to that place of knowing Him? Because there's a great thing I'm going to reveal to you in a minute or two about pursuing the kingdom and making sure that the narrative of what you believe is the right thing. God promised you in His Word that He would take care of you according to His riches in glory. He tells you that if the birds are taken care of, how much more would He not take care of you? So all these things have been diluted out of the Gospel, and they've been brought into the world system where now it's all about, you know, what are you going to do? Your job, your money, your whatever it is. The thing is, this what I'm saying to you is this, we need to get back to believing like Abraham did. When God speaks, go. You know, 
When I had a pharmaceutical business in South Africa, I was doing very well. I didn't need to sell my business and come to America. I was doing 40 million a year. I was making buku bucks. I had five cars. I had a 10,000 square foot house. I had servants. I was living in the lap of luxury. And then God spoke to me, go to America. And I, it, was, it was like clear as daylight. And I said, well, God, if that's what you want me to confirm it through your word. Confirm it through your word. Then I said, but, but God, just once again, just, just confirm it through two or three witnesses. And he did. <laughs> and then I said, well, that, i got no more. I can't argue anymore. So we came. The problem is we never even thought about where we were coming to, where we were going, where we were going to stay, what we were going to do. We didn't think about those things. Because in the word was the provision. Go. Go into the world and make disciples of men. Go. That. Do you believe that? But yet we tell people to come to church. We'll come this and come here and come there, but nobody's going. We need to go. There's been a drastic shift in my spirit and my ministry in my life this last couple of months. And there's been a disruption in my ministry because I got to a place where I was going to a multiple amount of churches and conferences and so on and ministering and prophesying and do all the stuff that I knew in that time was right. But after the disruption, it's changed. Now it's what, and I, and I come here because I have a relationship here. This is my church. But I'm not really interested in going to churches anymore in ministry. And I'm saying to myself, God, is there something wrong with me? And God said, you can't fix something that people don't want to be fixed. And prophets fix things. They first destroy them. <laughs> like Jeremiah, tear down, root up, destroy, overthrow, and plant. Four of them are destructive. One is productive. So you go to places, and, and, and there's certain things that guys want. They want you to come and be nice, be kind, and bless the people. That's great. I love doing that. But the bottom line is, if the place is corrupted to the core, what kind of blessing are the people getting? So I saw the question. I said, God, look, I am... I'm in a dilemma because I love your work. I love what you've called me to do. I mean, live my life for you. But I don't see the results in the organized church because the narrative of belief in the church, I'm, talking, I'm not talking about this, I'm talking about the church in general, is off. And the narrative of the prophets that go to these churches is wackadoodle. And I'm, I'm just saying to myself, do I want to partner with that? What is it that you have for me? And God says, I want you to go to the marketplace. I was right. Okay, God, open the doors. And God has opened the doors. And I'm finding myself around corporate executives that don't know Jesus from a box of green apples. Never heard the Spirit of God before, have no idea what's going on, but God injects me into their lives, and I'm standing with them talking, and I'm talking stuff that I have no knowledge of. I'm talking revelation of things in technology, revelation of things in the aerospace industry, revelation of things that are coming to me by the Spirit, and I'm standing there thinking to myself, 
well, God, I'm not really preaching the gospel. He said, no, you are. He said, because the earth is, the fullness is mine. Everything in the earth is mine. Technology is mine. Everything is mine. And even though you don't think you're preaching the gospel, you're speaking to them about my things. And you're speaking from a point of revelation, not education. And they are overwhelmed and overthrown in the concept of how come this guy speaks these things and he's never studied them. So it opens the door. So guys, well, how do you know this stuff? Well, I know someone who knows it. <laughs> well, who is it? Well, it's a relationship I have. Okay, so 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 how does it How do you get this communicate? How does this stuff get communicated? I said it's, it's it comes by the spirit. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean? Well, I have a relationship with the Lord. And the Lord gives me visions and shows me stuff and tells me things and tells me the secrets and the mysteries of men's lives and mysteries of things that are unknown. I said, I know it's weird for you. It's weird for me. <laughs> but I know it's God because he owns everything. You see, we've got to a place where we think God is limited in what he can do. So we think we have to help him, you know. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to make sure things work perfectly. And it doesn't happen like that. And I'm starting to realize more and more and more that I'm learning a whole new methodology of the kingdom that I never knew before. I'm learning to know the mysteries of this kingdom that is so dynamic. God has given me insights into things that I never ever studied. I was lazy at school. I never studied. I think I spent about 20 minutes in the class because most of the times I was thrown out of the class because I was disruptive. I had terrible ADD, ADHD. I was uh, in a mental state that wasn't good. So most of the time I was, I was kicked out of class. I went to the principal. I, I got spanked just about every day. I just walked to the principal's office, bent over the chair, put out the cane because <laughs> I knew I was going to get it because the bottom line is that this was the model, the model that I grew up in. It's like, go and get your six cuts. They shredded my butt <laughs> multiple times because I just, I just couldn't engage this organizational system thing of education. But yet, as a young boy, I knew stuff that other people didn't know. And systematically over my life, these 50-some-odd years of my life, God has shown me more and more and more things that I had no knowledge of before because it's revealed by the Spirit. I sit with people in cybersecurity meetings talking about stuff that I don't know about, but I know it. I talk to doctors and pharmacists and chemists and engineers and electrical engineers and software developers, and I'm talking to them about stuff I don't know about, but I know about it because I know Him. Because I seek first the kingdom. And his righteousness. And I believe when he says something to me. I don't even question him anymore. I believe it immediately. If he says go, I go. I don't say, well, why? What are you gonna do? How are you going to make it happen? 
Are you going to open the door? Are you going to, are you going to provide? I don't even ask those things. I don't ask them. You know why? Because I know his character. Because I know I read the word and I see what he did with Jesus. If he had to send an angel to feed him and minister to him, he sent an angel. I'm ready for that. I would love not to fly with American Airlines. I would love to appear. I would love to be like Philip, run alongside the eunuch. Think about it. We are so limited in our narrative in the church, we don't expect miracles. You know why? It's because we've sold out the kingdom message for a natural cultural message. And it's powerless. If Philip could run next to the eunuch, prophesied, and the eunuch didn't, he didn't talk to him, the eunuch understood he needed to be baptized. How did that happen? By the mysteries of the kingdom, by virtue. Do you understand? You've been birthed into this earth for a time like this. You've been brought into the kingdom for a time like this. You've been imbibed with power from on high. You have the Holy Spirit in you who knows all things about you and about God. You have everything you need, but yet you don't believe. I'm so frustrated talking to religious people because, well, we don't believe in that. Well, repent and believe. What do we really believe? Nothing. Does God still heal? Of course he does. Well, why hasn't he healed me? Probably because you're not in the kingdom. What do you mean? Because you don't believe. Because you allow the narrative of the world to dominate you and tell you what is yours. Like I was talking to a guy there, well, you know, my, um, my diabetes. Oh, your diabetes. Okay, when did, you, when did you get your diabetes? It's like getting a puppy. You know my puppy? I said, as long as you call it your diabetes, it'll be yours. What is causing your diabetes? Well, you know, it's type 2. Oh, that's resolvable. You know? What do you put in your mouth? You drinking sodas? Aspartame? You don't need, I'm not trying to be funny. Come on, man. You foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? What? It's, I think it's 75% of your body is made of water. So it's okay to drink water in coffee, but not to drink water. Most of people's medical conditions today is because of dehydration. Hormonal imbalances, thyroid problems, digestive issues. I know this is not a medical teaching right now, but I'm trying to tell you about the kingdom. You're in the kingdom, right? What do you believe? Are you believing the narrative of the nation? Are you believing the narrative of the media? Or are you actually believing what Christ died for so that you can get it given to you by the Holy Spirit? Hey, Long before, the whole, long before the internet, the Holy Spirit would do downloads. We've had the spiritual internet from the beginning. The world's only catching up with what we have now. But then most people don't even have the ability to download anything because the bottom line is their, their downloader is turned off. Or it's corrupted. Or it's got a virus in it. I know this sounds kind of weird, what I'm sharing with you. But my heart breaks at the condition of the body of Christ. That people continue to get sick. People continue to battle. 
People continue to be in financial distress. When he said, seek first my kingdom and righteousness and all these things will be added to you. When I first came to the States, I had nowhere to stay. I didn't know one person. I didn't have enough money to even pay attention. I mean, we could walk through the mall and window shop, and that was already too expensive. We didn't even have money to buy stuff. When I came here, I didn't even know where your grocery stores were, because in South Africa, the grocery stores were in the mall. So we go to the mall looking for a grocery store. We couldn't find it. What is wrong with these people? They don't have a grocery store in the mall. Where is the grocery store? Then people tell us about this thing called Tom Thumb. What is Tom Thumb? I thought it was a furniture store, grocery store. That's how stupid we were. But we were led. We got oh grocery stores. Oh wow, that's amazing. We can buy groceries from this. We didn't have money to buy groceries. So we just started to pray. God, we have nowhere to stay. We have no food. We have no clothes. Because we came from a summer environment to a freezing cold winter environment. I landed here in flip-flops, shorts, and a t-shirt in the middle of winter. I didn't even think about looking at the weather because he said, go. So I just went. So we started to pray. God, we came because you said we need to come. We need food. We need diapers. We need, we need money. We need clothes. We don't have winter clothes. So God gave us a word. He said, make your measure, make your measure according to your need. Daily. Every day we'd have a measure made. We'd pray it and say, Lord, these are our measure, this is our need. And you know what? For a solid three months, every day, there was a knock at our door and a box of stuff was delivered and everything on the list was in the box. And I know when I say that, you say, oh, come on, man, come on, man, it's America, come on, man. I came from a culture where if you didn't have, you had to ask God. So it was natural. I, I even tried to set a trap to find out who was putting the boxes there. I thought at the mo one of the times, I thought our apartment was bugged. So for three solid months, we lived by everything that was provided by the, by the hand of the Lord completely. And what that did, that consolidated something of belief and faith in me that made it possible for me to go even when I knew that there was not going to be provision. There was not going to be opportunities. My first ministry event, a guy called me from Arizona and said, come and minister my church. Okay. Where are you? I'm in Phoenix. Okay. I'll, uh, yeah. Okay, cool. So I think, oh, where's Phoenix? I didn't even know Phoenix was, what, almost an 18-hour drive from Dallas, and I didn't even have a car. So I said, all right, I'll be there in two days' time, Friday. Oh, Lord, I need a plane ticket. I didn't even know where they, I didn't even know how much that cost. I didn't even have a credit card that I could use. So I'm out and walking because I, I did a lot of walking and praying. And I bumped into my neighbor who was in a uniform, come back from work. Hey, how you introduced myself? He introduced himself. So I went back into the apartment. A little while later, knocking the door, came to my door and he said, Hey, he said, you know, I'm a pilot for American Airlines. 
And uh, when I met you, <clears throat> I felt you had a need. What do you need? I said, I need a plane ticket to Phoenix. Oh, don't worry. I'll take you to the airport. I'll fix it up for you. <laughs> God can speak to the lost. Amen. I learned that. So I started to practice that. There are a lot more lost people out here, Father, that you can speak to on my behalf. Seek ye first the kingdom. You see, we've become foolish with our, with our religion. We've, we've taken on religion rather than relationship. You know? It's so amazing when you get out there and you're in front of people and you encounter them and God starts speaking to you about them. Now you say, well, I'm not a prophet. No. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Everyone who has testified that Christ is their King and their Lord has the capacity to hear the Holy Spirit and to speak. The greatest, greatest gift we have is the power of communication. The power of transformation resides in the mouth. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Don't ever tell me that you're in a situation that you can't get yourself out of because you can humble yourself and you can speak to your mountain. There's been days when I've had zero income. And I go to my checkbook and my checkbook says to me, 0.00. <laughs> and I know in my spirit that's, that's not in line with the kingdom. Because he said to me that he would meet my needs according to my measure. And that is not my measure. So I speak to that measure. I know it sounds stupid. But when you live your life totally for him, totally, absolutely for him, he will take care of you. I've had people come up to me in strange places. Man, I just really felt compelled. I just want to give you this. Okay, thank you, Jesus. I've had people give me cars. And I know when I get a car given to me, it's not for me. It's for someone else. There's always a test in the giving. There's always a test in when God puts something in your hand. There's a test for you and a test to be able to see if you know what that is. I, I, I consult with quite a lot of wealthy, very wealthy people. And I understand the fact that they've worked for their wealth and that's, that's great. Some of them don't realize what they've been given is a gift. And the gift that they've been given is for them to enjoy part of, but then also distribute. And the problem is today, we have people gathering wealth and not distributing. And you wonder why our economy is where it is. It's not because of any of the regulators. It's because we've, America at one stage in the world was the greatest givers ever. They fed nations. The culture. You, you do a call when there's anything going on like a hurricane. People go, they give. This is a great giving nation. But over the last couple of years, because of what's happening economically in this nation, people have been hoarding. And even the message in the church is store up victuals and get water and ammunition and guns and, 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 and they're coming. I had a prophet call me one day. I want to meet with him, talk to you. 
Okay, so I went and met with him. I had a dream that the Russians were landing on the beaches and they were attacking the nation. And the Holy Spirit said, ask him what movie he's been watching. <laughs> so I said, what movie have you been watching? Man, I've been watching Red Dawn. So you don't have a word of the Lord. You have the narrative of what that movie communicated with you. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Come on, man. We don't need to be doing that. We have this wealth of wisdom in heaven. Am I crazy? Because I almost feel like I'm talking to people that think I'm crazy. Okay. I'm kind of borderline, right? You're not great. You can, I want you to hear my heart. I'm not trying to chastise you. I'm begging you from a prophetic perspective. Get out of the narrative of what's going on within the culture. Get into the kingdom. And I'm not talking about religion. Religion causes wars. Because people have to fight for what they believe. I don't fight for what I believe. I believe what I believe and I walk in it. I'm a demonstration and a testament of what I believe. You see it in me. I don't have to fight. I don't have to defend myself. I don't believe in prophets. Entirely opinion. You're wrong, but you're entirely opinion. You foolish Galatian. It's in the Word. It's in the Word. Why would it be in the Bible if it's not relevant? You know, the theologians teach about the principle of first mention. If it's mentioned once, oh, it's a principle. Prophecy and prophets are mentioned a gazillion times. Most of the Bible's written by them, but yet they don't believe in them. I mean, what, what medication are you on? Well, what, you should be taking medication. Matthew 13, verse 10 says this. The disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. The reason why it's been given to you, so that they have to come to you to get it. Do you understand that? That's why you need to go. Is it making sense? Whoever has will be given more. And they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have, will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's hearts have become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are yours, your eyes, because they see. Your eyes... Your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, 
but did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. See, that's the narrative today. People can't see, people can't hear. You know why? Because they're looking at the wrong thing, and they're listening to the wrong thing. And we have become deaf to the gospel of the kingdom. We have taken on a religious and a cultural narrative. We fight political wars. We fight cultural wars, but we're not functioning in the kingdom. We're not walking in the things of God. We're trying to fight for principles and think we can resolve our national problems with politics. Our politicians are corrupt. They have sold themselves out to corporate America. We are being misused and mistreated, and they don't interest themselves in us. I was in Congress for 12 years, I know. So that's not the solution. The solution resides in you because you've been given the capacity to see and to hear. So the greatest battle that is coming against you is the enemy is trying to corrupt your vision and your hearing by putting you in front of a television set where some wonderfully dressed guy or a chick is talking to you out of the toilet of their mouth. And you're imbibing that garbage into your life and you're believing it and then you wonder why your life's in hell. I'm just being honest, people. You can throw me out and kill me, stone me, I don't care. My life is not mine. But I am broken about the condition of this nation. And yet the prophets are pontificating garbage. And the people are suffering and dying. And nobody cares. And those who have are getting more. And those who don't have, have everything stripped from them. Isaiah said it. Think about the economy. What's been stripped from you? Gas prices. Why are we paying these prices? What is going on? We need wisdom from God. They won't allow new technologies. They won't allow revelation to come. Because we as the church have lost the narrative. Because you know what? When we get into, into these areas, because of our walk, because the demonstration of our lives, they see that we're hypocrites. So they don't believe us. So no matter what we carry, they won't receive it. I hope you hear my heart. I'm broken. I've asked God to please let me leave America. So I can't stay here. It's disgusting. I've been through a nation where this happened before in South Africa. I lost everything in South Africa by the same spirit. Spirit of the world. You have to understand there's an assignment that we're dealing with. And the church has been captivated and brought into the assignment. That's why the eyes are blinded. That's why the ears are deaf. And we listen to stuff that has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. Nothing to do with the redemption of mankind. Nothing to do with the transformation of mankind. We're listening to things that people are telling us that we should do to help people, but it doesn't help anybody, but it helps them. My heart is broken. The nation that God brought me to, to be a voice, has become blinded and deaf. And the bowels of compassion have been shut down. And people are sick. And people are in desperate trouble. And this nation, I never expected to see 10 towns and boxes where people would live in, in America, a first world nation. The nation that sent man to the moon. People are living in boxes. Under tops. Africa, I understand. But not here. There are so many crack addicts, meth addicts, heroin addicts. Why? Why? 
because people are broken and hurting. But the church has taken on a narrative of religion instead of being the healing to the nation. We are not going to the highways and byways. We're not taking the mysteries of God and the revelation to them to heal them and set them free. Speak to them to bring them into the countenance of Christ so they can be set free. They can see that there's a God that loves them. Not this God that, well, I'm going to judge you because you're homosexual. For God's sake, please, people. You know, we condemn these people. But our arrogance and our pride is just as much sin before God like their behavior is. I'm, I'm broken. <laughs> when, are we gonna, when are we going to repent? When are we going to make a change? You can't even get people to come to church anymore. You know why? Because they don't hear anything. What you're hearing today is probably shocking to you. And you may not want to see me ever again after this, but that's okay. Because I feel I'm doing the thing that I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to call you back. Back into the kingdom. Repent. Repent. And return. I look at the kids today. Gender confused. Don't know whether they're a boy or a girl or a whale or a cat or a dog or a whatever. It's heartbreaking. But yet we're fighting about who's right. The Baptists or the Pentecostals or the... You know, there's so many cults in America right now. There's over 3,000 cults, religious cults in America. That has to show you something. That deception is walking in the streets. So uh, I beg you. I beg you to go and do business with God. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Press in and find who you are in him. And be that messenger that he's going to send to the world. You don't have to have a pulpit. You don't have to have a ministry. You just need to ask God to direct you and send you. We've become so traditional that we've lost the grace. Well, that's a fine idea, do. I didn't. This wasn't the prepared message. I had a complete different message. Um, but I just feel the strength and the conviction of the Holy Spirit so strong on me that I have to warn you. That change has to come; otherwise, we're gone. We, we're in trouble. And we are the change agents to this nation. This nation doesn't need more religion. We pledge allegiance to things outside of Christ. But we won't pledge allegiance to him. And, and the, the bottom line is people. We serve a good God. He will take care of you. You know? He will give you resources. He will give you wealth. He'll give you the things that you need to accomplish what he's purposed you to do. All you have to do is ask him. You know? So I encourage you as a prophetic word tonight, today, tonight, today, same thing. Um, 
I encourage you to do business with God. I believe, this is a word to this church, I believe God has positioned Freedom Fellowship with some phenomenal people. Phenomenal, gifted, talented, gracious, glorious people that love the Lord, that would give themselves completely and wholly and utterly to the mission of the kingdom of God in this city. This city is under deluge. Drugs, violence, murder, rape, all the things are a contradiction of the kingdom of heaven. It's not God's desire that man should perish, that everyone should come to the knowledge of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are the messengers, and I'm calling you today as a prophetic word. It is time to shake off the chains and the shackles and the bonds of tradition and religion that have held you bound, and to start being light and salt to this world. To go in and have a plan and a mission and pursue God to hear what your purpose and part is in us. Because let me tell you, we're not here just to sit on our rear ends, right? Or as, as what's his name, Scott said, he knows where your ass is tied up. So we don't want your ass to be tied up in these chairs. We want you to pursue God to find out exactly where you are called and what your purpose is. We ask at times for people to volunteer, and it's so difficult to be people to volunteer. But this is what your purpose is. I'm calling you today to come up higher, to start praying, start have revelation and visions. We need songwriters in here. We need musicians in here. We need childcare workers in here. We need people that will pray, people that will pray around the clock. I'm not talking about praying for the nation. I'm talking about praying for your city, praying for the government city leadership. I'm talking about praying for the place where your foot shall tread. I'm calling you today to be a prophetic people, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a man and woman that are anointed by God to be ambassadors of Christ, to be full of power, to clear out these hospitals, to change the healthcare system in this nation. Start here. Begin here. To change the economics of the nation, begin here. To change this violent nature of this nation, begin here. I'm telling you right now that you are more powerful than you could even imagine. One puts a thousand to flight, two puts ten thousand to flight. The amount of power and energy generated by two people in agreement is more than you can ever have in a conference with millions of people. You can take people to the square in Washington and you can get 10 million people to pray. Doesn't matter. If you have two people sincerely in the kingdom praying, that is more powerful than 10 million people down in Washington Square. Because that's the kingdom. I beg you, from my heart, as a relational person within this church, to do your utmost best to connect with what God has for you. It's time. We are in dire, dire situations. In that you have no understanding of what's going on and what's coming down. There are signs of the shifting of things in this nation that are taking us away from our heritage. And we can't fight for that. We have to fight for the kingdom. We can't fight for the heritage of the nation. We have to fight for the heritage of the kingdom of God. It is time for us as a people in the Lord, to get into our position. Be on the walls like Nehemiah's army. Build the wall. Man yourself. 
with wisdom. Because that's what the church lacks and that's what the world needs. Wisdom. I've met with politicians, the most stupid people you've ever met with. I said to John Corner, I can fix a healthcare system in a week. How? <clears throat> Medicare, Medicaid, the VA, state health, Central Congressional Health Fund, five healthcare systems in the nation that still can't provide mental health care to people. I'll make them one. Let every person buy from the thing that you buy from for $100 a month. Full coverage, no holes, no, what's this, what's this stuff called? What do they call it? Uh, Co-pays? Whoever came up with that stupid idea? No co-pays, no deductibles. You pay health care and then you have to pay a deductible before you get this. I mean, are we stupid? Obviously, if you're foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? I said, you can throw this one, make it one. Let every member be a participant. Let every person pay $100 a month. And then what you do is bring price control on pharmaceutical companies and hospitals. Oh, we can't do that. Oh, yeah, of course you can't. Because you stop getting funded by these pharmaceutical companies and hospitals. That's why. Now, I'm not running for political office. I'm just trying to bring some wisdom to a situation. Why do you think they can't get people to come work anymore? Why do you think they don't, people don't want to go work anymore? Because they're sick and tired of being used and being paid a mean wage that they can't even afford to live. We have the solution. Wisdom. Sophia of God lives inside of you. Jesus said it. So in my heart, I beg you to sit down and do business with God. Ask Him to show you what it is that you need to do to transform yourself from being just a religious person or a Christian. I don't even know what that means anymore. It's like being Taliban. Some Christians I met are like the Taliban. They're so full of hate and violence and murder and anger. Yeah. We're not called to kill. We're called to redeem, save. The whole narrative of our lives have gone around justice and judgment and killing and criticizing and hatred and malice and hating your brother and hating your sister. A kingdom divided against itself will never stand. Never stand. And we have become so divided these last couple of years. And it's in the church. It's become either about liberals or conservatives. I hate those words. Because those are divisive words. We are saints of the Most High. We're king's kids. We have a purpose. A purpose beyond the mentality of what people tell us. Our purpose is what he says it is. So I'm going to tell you today as a church, God wants to use and mobilize this church, these people, as an evangelistic prophetic outreach to the city and then from the city to whatever other city God takes you to. But I'm going to tell you, I'm declaring it, I'm prophesying to you today, there's going to be changes in your life. Things are going to end and things are going to begin. There's going to be a beginning and an end. 
Because it's time now. The time is serious. We see the birth pangs of time. We see it in the weather. We see it in the environment of the world. We see it in all things going on around about us. Peace, 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 but there's war. We, I mean, don't be blinded by the media and all that sort of stuff. Don't be blinded by the stuff. We have the Spirit of God that gives us sight. We have the belief for the Holy Spirit to speak to us. To, we can hear Him. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. In Jesus' name, I beg you to hear His voice and follow. And you're welcome. You can ask Him like Moses did. But God, can you send somebody with me? Yes, okay, as long as you go. Or you can, or you can do the other thing. You can do what I did. Confirm to me. Because there's a lot of delusion, and you don't want to hear a delusion in the Spirit. You want to hear the Father. You know His voice. He sounds different to everything else. That's, that's Him. He doesn't sound like anything you heard before. So I, I bless you. With wisdom, with knowledge, in Jesus' name. Did you, did you enjoy the reproof today? <laughs> Look, man, when I was a young boy and I went to the principal's office, it was good. It was painful for a second. But afterwards, uh, you know, the endorphins kicked in and the adrenaline kicked in and I could sort of walk out of there. <laughs> so by the time you guys get to the door, you'll say, oh, thank God we're out of there. I want you to hear my heart. I'm not trying to be mean or vicious or vile. I'm not trying to be against anything. I'm just trying to declare to you, it is time for us to do business with the kingdom. It's time for us to press into the things of God and walk away from the things of this world. Because the bottom line is, the things of this world will not fulfill the purpose of God in your life. So Father, I pray today over everybody here present, all the children, all the children downstairs. Father, I pray for every family that's here. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that everyone that heard this message today will take heed and hear the message, the voice of the Spirit through the prophets, Lord, that they will make heed and they will do business with you. Father, I pray that you will not let one of them go free, but you'll continue to bring them into the fullness of your purpose, your kingdom. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed.